This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, Nothing is true merely because it is eloquently said, nor false because the signs coming from the lips make sounds deficient in a sense of style. Again, a statement is not true because it is enunciated in an unpolished idiom, nor false because the words are splendid. Wisdom and foolishness are like food that is nourishing or useless. Whether the words are ornate or not does not decide the issue. Food of either kind can be served in either town or countrywhere. End quote. And those are the words of theologian and philosopher Augustine of Hippo. Yes, that's right, Hippo. Not the animal, of course, but rather the region of Africa that, at the time that this was penned, was part of the Roman Empire and comprises what we know today as modern-day Algeria. Augustine was born November 13th, 354, in Thagast, in the Roman Empire, and died August 28th, 430, in Hippo Regis, Western Roman Empire. Now, I didn't go back and check every single episode, but this may be our oldest quote to date, and the therefore the oldest originator we've covered on the show. I don't recall the Roman Empire being part of any other episode, so we may have dramatically expanded our range of years from modern day to nearly the beginning of the Common Era. And I could, as always, be wrong, so if one of you diehard fans out there can tell me I am, then please let me know. Augustine is a recognized saint in numerous churches and is considered by Calvinists and Lutherans to be a father of the Protestant Reformation. And though he is now a saint, Augustine was not always even a Christian, which I found very interesting. Because while he was raised Christian in North Africa, he actually broke with his religious upbringing and became a follower of the Manichaean faith and conceived a child prior to marriage with a young lover. So not exactly the divine Christian life you might expect from someone who is now considered a saint. Eventually, however, he turned from his Manichaean faith and returned to the Christian church. Did it help that around that time the Roman emperor Theodosius I declared that Christianity was the one and only religion of the empire and ordered all Manichaean monks put to death? Maybe. But alas, to Christianity, he did return. And as he had and would continue to do, he wrote a lot and studied a lot. In fact, part of what took him away from his Christian faith and into other explorations was his intellectual curiosity and deep, deep thinking. He wandered to explore. And that's actually a very admirable trait that I would argue we'd all be wise to adopt on its own. Now that said, this is not meant to be a deep dive into Augustine's theological background. I'll leave that to the experts and the highly motivated. And what is important today is that we understand a bit about the man so that we can better understand why he wrote the words in today's quote. Today's quote comes from Augustine's autobiographical work, Confessions. And if you're Catholic or familiar with Catholicism, you know that confession is a cleansing process in which one verbalizes one's sins to a priest repents for those sins, and are subsequently granted a penance by the priest and guidance on how to improve. Thus, the title of this book is indicative of its tone, which is one of repentance and one of humility. Augustine lays out the many things in his life 
in which he was wrong, while explaining the context around those things as well. In this way, it's an interesting autobiographical recounting of his life. And for something written nearly 2,000 years ago, I'll say it's actually quite readable, should you choose to do so. And the full text is easy to find online in its entirety as well. The text is comprised of 13 books, and today's quote comes from book 5 of 13, entitled Carthage, Rome, and Milan. And in it, Augustine describes his interactions with a Manichaean bishop named Faust. Augustine has been following Manichaeanism for some time, and is quite excited when Faust finally travels to his region of the world to hear him speak, as, say, a Catholic might be excited to hear the Pope speak. But after hearing him speak and interacting with him directly, Augustine is unimpressed in the way that only someone who was born 1,700 years ago could possibly be. He's disenchanted, so to speak, by the flowery but substanceless words of Faust. They ring hollow with him, and this begins his journey away from Manichaeanism and back to Christianity. He's speaking, as he is in much of Confessions, directly to God in today's quote. He's confessing, after all. And regarding his interactions with Faust and Manichaeanism, he says today's quote. He says, quote, Nothing is true merely because it is eloquently said, nor false because the signs coming from the lips make sounds deficient in a sense of style. Again, a statement is not true because it is enunciated in an unpolished idiom, nor false because the words are splendid. Wisdom and foolishness are like food that is nourishing or useless. Whether the words are ornate or not does not decide the issue. Food of either kind can be served in either town or country wear. End quote. So Augustine is presenting to God and to us, the reader, an explanation for why he was led astray and sinned. Quote unquote. He's painting a picture of a religion that had at its helm someone who spoke well, spun a good yarn, one might say, and was compelling but ultimately, upon deeper examination, was devoid of substance. In fact, I had a teacher about five years ago who told us in the classroom once before we went to see a lecture by someone who clearly the teacher was skeptical of the content of his lecture. He said to us something that I remember to this day. He said, bullshit is only three questions deep. Meaning if you can ask three well-placed questions that feed off of one another, if somebody is full of it, you'll know very quickly. And so I suspect that that's what happened here with Augustine and Faust. Augustine got a chance, the rare chance, I suppose, to talk to his hero. And they always say, never meet your heroes. But he got a chance to talk to Faust. So that would be the equivalent, again, of a Catholic getting to actually speak to the Pope. Because this is a leader, or the leader, of Manichaeanism at the time. And Augustine, a devout follower, gets a chance to talk to the, to the lead sled dog, the guy in charge. That's rare. And in talking to him, he certainly asked him some questions, some burning questions. Imagine, pick a topic of interest for yourself, and imagine having the opportunity to talk to the foremost authority in that particular area. What would you ask that person? I bet if you knew they were coming and you had time to prepare, you'd come up with a whole slew of questions that you'd ask. And what you'd find, hopefully, is that the person whom you were questioning would have good answers that they would deepen your trust and respect for that field and that person. But in this case, Augustine gets a chance to talk to Faust, he asks him some questions, engages in some conversation, and finds out Faust is kind of full of it. That it's not impressive. That all this time and all this energy that he spent on this Manichaeanism religion kind of amounts to a hill of beans, so to speak. And therein lies a natural caution 
to beware the showman, the smooth talker, the prim and proper, as those are not necessarily indicative of truthfulness. And of course, we all kind of know this. And there are additional cautions here as well. The first and most overt being that nothing is false just because the presentation is, quote, deficient in a sense of style. Essentially, just because it doesn't sound fancy or isn't presented with a stylish flair, that could be words written in a fancy publication or a book or presented on the TED stage or at a college or university commencement, does not necessarily mean that they are true. And we have done quotes from all of those places on this podcast. And I like to think that I've done a I've done my due diligence to try to adjudicate those before bringing them to you, but there's a chance that something that I've brought to you maybe just doesn't ring true to you. And that's okay. Just because it does for me doesn't mean it has to for you. Now, that's a big part of the reason that I endeavor to bring you words from up and down the social ladder. Yes, we have explored many quotes by big, recognizable names with alphabet soup at the end of them. But we've also examined quotes from moms, competing in writing contests, and seeming nobodies in their local newspapers. Fancy presentation isn't everything. Or, put another way, fancy presentation means little to nothing. He then inverts the entire thing and says that we shouldn't consider fancy words and presentation to be false just because they're fancy, or unpolished words to be true just because they come from an unpolished source. On its face, this is a little bit annoying to me. Because what we're left with here, ironically, is a fancy way of saying, don't trust or not trust anything because of who said it or how they said it. Well, gee, thanks, Augustine. I hope you sell 100 million copies of that. But if we, meaning I, get over ourselves for just a moment, we can realize that this is actually much, much more difficult than it sounds. We are inundated with information every day. From where and from whom it originates can be a sort of shortcut heuristic for us. For example, I know this author. I therefore trust her. I know this website or newspaper or media outlet. I trust them to give me a fair and balanced presentation, with which I'll agree. And in doing so, we can alleviate ourselves of the burden to scrutinize. And so, if used judiciously, this can be useful. But, taken at a deeper level, what Augustine is saying here is more than just trust no one, but rather interrogate the information, from whatever source, to determine if it's true or not. He's telling us to stay sharp, to avoid the shortcuts, or at least be cautious of them, to be willing to receive information from anywhere, and challenge it before accepting it into our lexicon. It's easy to be a skeptic. It's easy to think that everything that surrounds us is false, that everyone's got an angle, that there's no truth under the sun. And that's a terrible way to live. But being skeptical on its face is not necessarily the worst thing. We've talked about it here on the podcast before. What we need to avoid doing, I think, is being too jaded by the things that we think might be false. If we start to think that everything is false and that everyone is lying to us, we've probably become a little too jaded. Now saying, thank you for the presentation of that information, whether it be in spoken or in written form, and even this podcast you should do this with. Thank you for the presentation. I will now consider for myself if I think this is true or not. And if I don't, or if I do even, I should then go and back it up with something else. Who knows, listener, I could be spinning an entire yarn about Augustine. And if you don't know anything about Augustine, you don't know whether I'm telling the truth or not. 
As an old chemistry teacher of mine once said, don't trust anything anybody says, least of all me. Now, that's a little bit cynical, of course, but there's a little bit of wisdom there. Right? That means to follow up on things. Never accept anything from a sole source. Not the news, not your best friend, not your mother. But interrogate it. Think about it. And what Augustine is saying here is both fantastic and difficult advice to follow. But if we proceed with a simultaneously open but skeptical mind, we'll be better able to discern truth from fiction, holding nothing in too high a regard to be discarded should it be found to be lacking in substance. In short, we will be more Augustinian. And we will be better for it. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod, or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.